Florida. This is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Here are your hosts, Captain Don Taylor Jr. and Captain Ty McNeely. Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast. The pioneers. Pioneers. Of Northeast Florida fishing podcasting. Does that sound right? Podcasting? Sound good. Sounds is that, is good that a word? word? Podcasting? Podcasting. Okay. Yeah, we're podcasting. We're the podcasting pioneers of Northeast Florida. I'm going to I'm going to reach out there and say we are the fishing podcast pioneers. I know there's some guys out there that's been doing it a little bit longer, but uh, not in this area. Listen to their show. Well, I mean, I've got several props from a lot of folks that, you know, to congratulate us on being the pioneers, pioneers of this area, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. But not that we've been doing it as long as some other guys out there, but we're just a hell of a lot better. We've been we've been <laughs> we've been doing it longer here in Northeast Florida, anyway. That's right. So, but hey, don't let that intimidate you. If you want to come on the show, come on the show, man. Yeah, call us up, email show. us, send us an email, hit us up, fax us even. We have a fax machine somewhere, don't we? I don't know. Probably fax machines. We'll uh, send us some smoke signals. We'll talk care. to you about anything. Send it what to us in braille. We don't we don't care. Maybe. Yeah, as long as we can keep it halfway PG. No, I'm like NC seventeen. Little now. R, little R rated, oh, not not big R, not capital R rated, but like no f bombs, right? I if, mean, you know, yeah. If we can keep it straight, mm. you can come on the show. We will, we'll talk about whatever you want. You want to debate something? Let's get after it, right? We but, want to show that you know you people can listen to their kids can listen to. We want everyone to listen to our podcast. I mean, your mom or my mom can listen to the podcast. Sure. So we have to keep it fairly, uh, you know, not non off color. Yeah, I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I'm good with that. So, so wintertime in Northeast Florida. The yes, fishing, sir. the fishing can't be any better. I think right now for Northeast, if you're not catching fish in Northeast Florida, it's because you're not fishing. Well, yeah, you're not going out in the boat. You're not going out because the fish are everywhere, and they're schooled up. They're by themselves. It's like to me, it's, there's no winter pattern this year. All of a sudden, I mean, I know there's some of it, but. It's um, the to me the fishing it only got stronger in the winter. It didn't slow down at all. I mean, I did notice in late November, December that they had started to slide into you know the winter pattern. They're not, I assume you know that's why I call it their winter pattern. Uh, as long as the water was in the sixties, it was still a little sketchy. But man, once it got you know it dipped under that sixty degree mark, yeah, I, I could tell a big change. I mean, as far as you know, at first it was mainly rat reds in the schools or right. you know, small redfish. Uh, but man, once that water started getting chilly, like the bigger fish that were still in the outlines, you know, the outlying single big fish, you know, and uh, smaller groups, now they have all kind of uh, kind of got together. Congregated, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, they went. We found them in deeper water a lot in November. It seemed like, um, you know, was, you know, me. I always like to fish a little deeper water, even though here in the last four or five months, maybe six months, I have ventured up into the the shallow greasy water mm-hmm. and uh that's where i like to be now i like getting to their sight fishing and you know you know we do a lot of a lot of fly rod fishing and um right you know that's where we like to get up in there and fish and it's hard to it's hard to get a fly to drop 18 20 feet you get a fly to drop you know 25 feet but yeah. i mean I'm just, it's hard I know if you have some cigarette you're gonna tell me later on or something yeah. you know you gotta put a quarter ounce weight on there <laughs> but yeah. uh no but it, the, the fishing has been really good though no doubt about it the water's actually Still hit or miss, but I mean, it's pretty darn clear and clean. It's been clean for, for our area where you know? I'm at. Yeah, yeah, it's been. 
it's it, when you get up, get up farther north, yes, it gets pretty pretty darn nice. Uh, and you know, even up towards the river, like down towards uh, the west, of, you know, west down the river, the water has been a lot cleaner, yeah. uh, a lot clearer. St. John's uh, River, St. John's River, yeah. yeah, I believe. You know, I got up towards Clapboard that far west. Yeah. You know, Clapboard, the Duns Creek area. Uh, you know, when you can drop your plastic down, you can see it. You know, a foot, foot and a half underwater. That's that's pretty darn good. For that's here. good for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's real good for us. But the bite has been. Uh, Bite has been really good. You're right. It has been really good. I mean, I, you know, but what's funny, the trout bite, which, I mean, you know, what, what's your opinion? I mean, the, it seemed like the trout bite when it was in the 60s, it was really good. But now, for some reason, that the water's down in the 50s, like 54 yeah. degrees yesterday, uh, the trout bite just hadn't been there as much. Yeah, we haven't seen 54-degree temperatures up where I'm at yet. We're around the 58, 59, um, the high 50s, low 60s. Um, but we haven't got down that low yet in the 50s where I'm at, and I'm not sure why that is, uh, but I agree with you on the trout bite. You know, we had, and it was night and day. Mm-hmm. We were out catching trout one day. with I had uh, uh, my youngest son and one of his friends on the boat, and we were fly rodding, and and they were wearing them out. And mm-hmm. we missed one day and then went the next day, and they were gone. And everybody I saw on the river that day said, there's no trout, they're gone. And, you know, they didn't leave, obviously. They went somewhere, but they quit doing what they were doing where we were at yeah, well you know it's been the same thing with us i mean like you said you couldn't you couldn't not catch one i mean it seemed like it was just uh, every other cast it was one of them and you know all of november all of december most of january even and then you know, well, you know most of january but you know the last week or so um it, it's like a light switch right and i don't know like you said if they've moved out to deeper water or uh, out towards the inlets you know and stuff like that but i mean and we're catching them still but uh we kept we caught some big ones here and there, but just <clears throat> a lot of, been a lot of smaller trout and but just not the not the quantity that was uh that we we've, we've been enjoying here lately, you know. So yeah, yeah, they're out there. I mean, I know they're out there. We've seen them. Some nice cobia. Saw you you had a nice cobia not too long ago. Uh, yeah, thank you very yeah. much. And the first one, you know, and so that was pretty interesting. Uh, well, you should have caught a smaller one for your first one because it's kind of hard to go back now. Yeah, it was uh, a yeah. pretty epic, man. I've never <clears throat> never done that kind of fishing before, you know, jigging a a six, eight ounce weight, you know, you know, hundred foot down. And I mean, it's just crazy, you know, think about, you know, jigging something that big, that far down. And, yeah. you know, when they hit it, man, it's like a truck hitting it. Right. And then you're like, it's just totally different than what we do, man. I yeah. mean, it's just, I'd probably like a retard out there, but uh, it was just a lot of fun, huge fish, very good to eat, by the way. Right. Yeah. Kobe is not, not a big bad. see-through deer, but I mean, I actually tried that and it's, it's pretty darn good, man. Yeah. I mean, the yield on those things is so much. That's what I was impressed about. Yeah. Of the whole entire scenario, the day, it was an awesome day. Caught several huge ones. Caught my first trigger fish as well. That was pretty epic. You know, uh, that's pretty wild. You got, you got two little, you know, little tiny little mosquito looking hooks. Yeah. And you're dropping it down 140 feet. And as you're dropping it down, you're feeling, you know, bam, 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 all this kind of stuff. And then when you finally have your weight hit the bottom, you're like, okay, what do I do? And you, all of a sudden you feel stuff already. Right. You start reeling it up, and you got a trigger fish on one, yeah. you know, and a beeliner or whatever they're called on the right. other. Right. And they were basically on it before it got to the bottom, you know, yeah. so it's weird. Yeah. But uh, but the trigger fish was really good. But it's back to Jacoby, though, I couldn't believe how much meat yield is yeah. on one of those fish, man. There's a lot. I don't, like, I don't go catch Kobe all the time. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a big Kobe fan. You don't like to eat them. Nah, or just catch them. I don't like. Well, I catch them. It's fun, but I'm not. I don't like. I'm just. I don't like to eat them that much. Really? Yeah. There's. I would have ate that trigger fish really, before good. I ate the uh, cobia. 
Yeah, it was really good. I'll, I'll give you some before you leave here tonight. Take home. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, we got both. Uh, we have. Yeah, I mean, hit so much. I mean, they had big old stakes on them, though, man. And yeah. yeah, it's about you know four foot long. Anyway, anyways. Yeah. So what's no, been going on there? So y'all, uh, I know you mentioned fly fishing a couple times. Uh, yeah. Family good and everything, by the way. Yeah, man. Everybody's good, man. We're just you know still doing it, still fishing, still getting after it every chance we get. Um, yeah. yeah, my my oldest son's down in Tampa. Right. And uh, he's saying the fishing down there is still pretty strong. You know, they um, you know he's catching snook right now and that's uh really down this time of year yeah that's crazy and uh i think it's pretty it's pretty uh regular though down there yeah i think if you know where to fish down there you can pull them and you know not knowing the tampa market that well i've been down there a few times i went down there fishing and, and ran some boats for some guys down there um you know there's there's a big community in tampa that fishes but huge community, yeah, yeah. But the social presence seems to be a lot smaller. You know, the the, car, the charter guys, they don't post fish like like we do up here. You know, our guy, you know, we go out, we catch, you know, you catch a bunch of fish, take a bunch of photos, you put them online. They don't do it, and I'm not sure why they don't do it. Now, uh, let me ask you this question: is, is down in their area, geographically, is it a smaller area to fish? any chance or tampa bay i don't think i don't, so. I, don't it's, I mean is that what you're is that what you're fishing tampa bay yeah. are, are there other outlying well you got the, tributaries or estuaries yeah. fish or? yeah you got all that i mean you kind of got the same layout as you got here but you know you got access to the gulf of mexico that you can go out on all the you know well, the thought process was i mean i just wondered if it was geographically it was so close to each other that if a guy was doing so that people would that see him all the time would know where he was at is what i was trying to say you know what I mean? well yeah of course i mean here i can run from here if i, if I want to go up north i can go north or if i want to yeah. go South, I can go south or east or, or or west for that matter. Yeah, and they can do the same thing there. They can run inland, you know. They can run inland, north, uh, east, south. Uh, they can go west, go out in the Gulf, run north or south, and then go back inland again. So they got a lot of they got a lot of fishery down there for sure. Yeah, uh, that we don't have. And, but we got a lot. We got a pretty diverse fishery up here. It's just yeah, we don't have, we don't get snook like that day. <laughs> no. no. Well, the water gets too cold. Yeah. Fifty degree temperatures, like you were just talking about, kill them yesterday. Kill them every time. Yeah. Um, so that's why we don't get a lot of them up here. Um, how did you, know, you, you run those boats? Y'all, y'all do pretty good, or yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, offshore, inshore, a little bit of both, and that's what I like about down there is that you can run a near shore, inshore trip, uh, damn near every day. Right here, you don't really have that luxury every day, and you know when you're you're in an 18 foot boat, you know you're an 18 foot skiff. Um, uh, I ran a the Hell's, uh, Hell's Bay Marquesa, mm-hmm. a beautiful boat. It was awesome not to plug Hell's Bay at all, but it was a good boat, nice running boat, mm-hmm. um, and it, it did great. Ran it out about 18 miles offshore. Are you serious? Oh yeah, yeah. I fished out. Um, I fished out one of those uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it was good. Pretty, I, nice, pretty nice boat. It, it's odd for me to get used to being in the boat that small. Yeah. Uh, and just... Uh, it's a little tippy. Tippy. I guess yeah. that's that word to use, tippy. Yeah. And you know, as you know, I've been looking at boats here recently, and I've, so I've looked at those, and it just takes some getting used to. I mean... Uh, well, you... Uh, you know, it's just, it's just different. Yeah, I ran that, and I ran a... <clears throat> I ran a... Um, um, I ran the Hell's Bay, and then I ran a Beaver Tail. And... Um, it's funny because we got a friend that was asking a question today about. I saw that one. Um, I talked a little bit earlier. Yeah, and I thought it was ironic because I just ran both those boats a month ago. Did you run the Beaver Tail, the Air, or the the Air? Same thing he's asking, and they're popular boats. That's why you know they're good boats. And um, I gave him my opinion on which one. I, you know, I thought that well, what, that what, I like. Well, what is your opinion about that? I like the Hell's Bay, right? And why? And why? Well, I'm 
for those of you that don't know, I'm not a petite fella, <laughs> right? He's fluffy. Yeah, I'm fluffy. <laughs> so I liked it. For me, it seemed you know it's got a, it's a little bit wider in the beam. The hell's beads? Yes. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a, and it's not much. I think it's just like seventy nine probably or about four inches. Yeah, but it, it's what a, is it? It's about four inches wider. So it's about seven. Yeah, is, is it wider than a beaver tail. Yes. Really? Yes. Um, wow. And to me, the you know the beaver tail was good because you could walk around the gunnels. It was you know the wide. I don't know how wide the guy didn't take out a tape measure on any of it. Right. But they were probably twelve or fourteen inch wide gunnels, all the way around it. So it made the cockpit kind of small. Uh, Hell's Bay seemed to have a little larger cockpit. It just to me it seemed like a more solid boat. It seemed like it would you know you could put more weight in the boat. It just to me it seemed a little more stable. Uh, that's not to take away anything from the beaver tail. Sure. It was a beautiful boat. It ran good. And which one? Would I, I just have to pull their stuff up <clears throat> real quick. Which um, which one were you looking at? They've got the mosquito. It looks like they've got the what else they have here? They got the micro, which looks let's say sixteen eight. So that's pretty tiny. Yeah. Well, the and beaver tail air. It's called the air. Yeah. A I R. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know if he was okay. I didn't know that was what exactly. Yeah, but anyway, they're both great boats. Uh, both the boats I've been up kept very well. Um, you know, they seemed easy to easy to clean, easy to take care of. Uh, what I loved about them, even for me, I am uh, launching those boats were absolutely amazing. Uh, you launch them right from the bow, back them in, give a little tug and stand up right inside, it, or you know, a little push. Push, Stand right yeah. up on top of it, and it'll roll you right out in the in the water. Uh, I'm not getting that luxury with my boat. Me neither. Me neither. neither buddy. <laughs> yeah. Let's so, see here. They've got the micro, the mosquito. They've got the strike, the elite, the vengeance, the air, and the lightning. Yeah. So you were in the 18 foot air. Yes. Is that what it was? So what what would you do? Run it for a uh, a company down there or something? Yeah. Or a charter yeah. guy down there or something? Yeah, I had a guy down there that wanted me to run a boat for him for a couple so of days. The, so the beam on the air is 77 inches. It's yeah. 18.3 overall. It says it's drafts 8 plus, and you can put between 90 to 115 giddy-ups behind it. Yeah, That's 115 what is what we had on this one. Yeah. But like you said, very pretty boat, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I've... That's, that, really, this is the only one that I have not looked at, uh, this particular company. Um, Very pretty pipe price tag, too. Is it? Yes. What are we talking, like uh, mid-50s, probably? For a base model, probably. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> so, what, you know, with what what we do, and what you, you know, as a tournament fisherman, though, I'm not sure, you know, and I don't know, and I'll probably take some heat over this, and that's okay, because I'd be willing to, to talk to anybody about it. I don't think that that is a tournament redfish boat, right? It's a beautiful boat. It gets you where you want to go. I know there's guys out there probably fishing them, right? I know a guy that fishes one, and he tournament fishes with me. And uh, It's not a 60-mile-an-hour boat. Not even close. It's not a rough water boat. Um, I mean, it, it'll handle some water, but it's not going to handle what your redfish are handle. Not going to do it. What different kind of boat altogether? I mean, this is right. like a technical pulling skiff, <clears throat> if I'm correct, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this question with um, which one was drier by the way of the two the Hell's Bay really yes and it may have been me or the wind on different days right or, or because we kind of ran the same path both days uh, it may have been the wind uh, I felt the Hell's Bay was drier wow yeah yeah hmm. I mean they both got a nice flair to them but 
the uh, Hell's Bay seemed to be drier. You know, and this is like, I have a question. Caught, I caught more fish out of the Hell's Bay. I know we're, we're all over the place here, but you know what? I have a question for you. Right. I spoke to a guy this past week about boats, and uh, you hear the word uh, carbon Kevlar hull, Kevlar hull, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was told at the boat show and by another gentleman that none of the boats are technically the whole hull is carbon Kevlar. Have you heard that? Like um, there's certain like Maverick has a, you know, the Maverick supposedly has a carbon Kevlar and uh, East Cape does and Beaver Tail does. Well, he told me that none of the boats, first of all, have straight all carbon Kevlar. They said they did the boat be two hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so it's probably got a core and then it's wrapped in the carbon Kevlar. He said they, where the keel is up front, they have a patch of carbon of Kevlar. Carbon Kevlar comes down towards the center. And then where the transom is in the, in the back, yeah, basically where your boat's taking the most, the most beaten, bo- most beaten. That's where they put the carbon Kevlar at. Yeah, that's I mean, explain to me. <clears throat> I can see where it'd be expensive, um, like you said, if you had it, the whole hull was wrapped. Yeah, yeah. And hey, look, well, I'd, it'd be think my light it would be too though. It wouldn't be really light. Let's call a guy from East Cape or call somebody up and ask them, see what's no, going on. I can't call, call Kevin over there. Get him on the show and let's find out what's happening. Um, you know, from a guy that builds it, you know, a guy that's that, what he does. He builds it. Yeah. yeah, a guy that's driving the boat. I, hell, I don't know if it's. Oh, see, I'm saying I, I turn the key in. Carbon core. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just reading. I, 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 that was yeah. the first thing that popped up. Fully cored carbon Kevlar hole. Okay. I just don't know what that means. I don't either. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, you know. I'm not either. But uh, but if they all have it, then it must be the new thing, right? It probably makes it very lightweight. What's the actual hull weight on that boat? I just saw that it. I think it was 700 pounds. 700 pounds. Let me, let me just yeah. make sure what it was. I think it was 700. Uh, and that's dry weight probably, so that's not with a motor, and uh, it's not with fuel or anything else on it. But still, you could get out of that boat and drag it across the mud if you had to, most likely. So, is it, like I said, is it 18.3? It drafts uh, 8 plus. Uh, man, how come I can't find something? I'll find it. Here's the specifications. I should tell you, right? Yeah, well, you would yeah, think yeah, it Yeah, 18.3, 77 inches, 30 gallon uh, live well, 20 gallon fuel tank, gross yeah. weight 700. 700 pounds. Yeah, so that ain't, it's a lightweight boat, right? It's, um, yeah, they, they had a big boy boat. I didn't realize they had a boat this big. Yeah. Well, that's pretty Yeah, big. it's not bad. Huh. Yeah. So, and like I said, we're not plugging, uh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're not plugging uh, Beaver Tail. If they want to send us a boat, you know. And, uh, we'll try it out. We'll try it out. But, uh, you know, I have, like you said, the gentleman that we both know, we know you've talked to and I reached out to today. Um, he's going through that right now, the process, and so he's kind of trying to, Feel his way through. Yeah, what he wants to do. How he, you know. But, you know, let me ask you this question, Ty. You know, like I said, we're not plugging anybody and we're not knocking any of them. But when I was in uh, the Marquesa this past week, uh, man, I was just real surprised because you start looking at those boats. I mean, they're nice. All of them are nice. But you start looking at it and you're like, this is fiberglass here and there, you know, and Kevlar, you know, a couple little, you know, hatches and whatnot. Slap a motor on it. It's hard to believe they cost that much money, isn't it? Um, no. Okay. Yes, but no. I mean, I agree with you. I guess my mind, you know, I, I, I get that an offshore boat with, you know, trip 350s, you know, and all the big giant electronics and all that goes into those with the pumps and, you know, all that stuff. I get that because it's, yeah. like, I mean, it's a lot more involved, so to speak, you know? Yeah. But whereas these, I mean. 20, 20, well, shit. I mean, shoot. Probably whatever. 15 years ago, 
you could probably bought one of these boats for nothing. Oh, yeah. It's popular nowadays. Well, that's what we discussed about today. It's, yeah. it's supply and demand now, and it's the popularity of it. Yeah, that's exactly. that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Fishing is no longer a redneck sport. Um, it has oh. it has become a status symbol just like everything else, right? Yeah, you got that right. You got to have the gear. You got to have everything getting together. Yep. Um, unfortunately. And, and, you know, a lot of these boats, I mean, as a guide, you know, as we as guides, the thing that makes these kind of boats attractive to me is obviously the resale value because we're not going to keep a boat for 10, 15 years. We're right. going to keep it two or three and then, you know, uh, move on to the next one. Uh, and so obviously having a well-known brand yeah. is, is pretty integral in, you know, being able to resell the, the boat and it's holding its value and whatnot. Uh, but still, it just seems like a... <clears throat> I guess everything's expensive this time of day is what I'm trying to say. I think so. Now, will a – I think you had said something not too long ago about it's not the boat, it's the angler. I was messing right. with one of our friends, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I got to agree with that because you go back and you start digging – He didn't agree with it. He, he read his – Yes. He read his retort. Yes. You know? But if you go back and you start looking at record fish and in all walks and in, in every um, every area – of saltwater fishing, you go back and look at records. Those records that's been out there now for you know Long. 50, 60 years, they didn't have high this high tech tackle. They didn't have carbon fiber cord holes, yep. right? They didn't have none of that. So, I think the angler um, people will say, well, the environment, you know, the fisheries changed, and all that's probably true. But uh, you can't take a you you can't take a, a thirty one foot fishing boat and get back up into skinny water, right? Um, well, you know, and I didn't want to debate with him on there about the comment that he made. I still believe it's the angler because I know the comment was that we get to the spot faster. Yeah. Well, my answer was, well, you need to have more than one spot, number one. Yeah. And obviously, uh, if someone gets to a different spot and beats you, your spot didn't matter in the first place, correct? <laughs> if, if you run if you run 50 mile an hour for an hour and you get there and there's a weekender sitting there, it doesn't matter That's what kind of boat point, you got. Yes, and so I just, you know... I mean, we're good buddies, obviously. We were just, yeah. it was more a lot of joking, joking around. But uh, yeah, it's still, I believe, it's the angler. I mean, uh, I think a lot of that mentality's bled over, like everything in the saltwater industry. It's kind of bled over from the freshwater side. You're exactly right. You're exactly right yeah. Um, you know, and and I think a lot of freshwater tournaments, um, you know, they I don't know what they called them. They were zones or position tournaments where, you know, they divide a lake up into 20 or 30 positions and everybody fished a position and you'd switch and uh, whatever. I don't really know. I'm not a freshwater guy. but So maybe that has something to do with it. You know, if you're... Well, yeah, when you're fishing in a lake, you know, that's enclosed and, you know, obviously, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, that uh, a lot of this industry is monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. And, you know, you're out there on the lake and obviously everybody knows the bite's on this side of the lake. Yeah. And... There are only realistically, you know, eight or ten good, you know, fishing or holes, if you will, or ledges right. or what drop offs or structure you know, areas. Then, yeah, I can see where you you're gonna need a three hundred or two fifty, you know, that'll run seventy eight miles an hour, right? Uh, to hopefully get you to one of those particular spots, you know. Right. I get that, but when you're, uh, you know, like where we fish at, and you, there's no out of there's no boundaries, and you can pretty much it's limitless where you can run right. to. Um, well, I think some tournaments are trying to put boundary maps in it, you know, and and that's good. I think they got them on the west coast. Um, of Florida, and uh, you know, I know in some of the offshore stuff, they started putting some boundary maps. Um, you know, we used to fish the offshore, offshore circuit. Well, the Kingfish did that, right? Yeah, or something. And you know, we'd have guys run out of Jacksonville and run to Fort Lauderdale, right? God. And uh, you know, you could do it on a flat day. You know, when you're running 
70. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. How long ride? It'd be like four hours, five well, hours? It'd be a long, yeah. I mean, think about doing it. a car is like five hours, right? Yeah. It's a little bit longer in a car than, you know, the coast. You know, our coast kind of curves like a sea. So from Jacksonville straight down is a little less of a distance in that straight line. Yeah, but still, miles, I guess, yeah. you're still running it. And, uh, you know, we'd run down sometimes to, uh, you know, we'd get down past St. Augustine, Palm Valley, Daytona. Uh, that's still a long run, though. Yeah, like to some me, guys ran last, last year to uh, Canaveral or somewhere, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, cool. that's not uncommon. You know, but even over in Louisiana, you got guys that are that are fishing, you know, redfish tournaments. You know, they're running to Texas, right? So you got guys running, and, and that's a long run. I mean, yeah, that's and, a great point you make right there because uh, some of those guys have told me, uh, one of our buddies that we know, uh, who wants to be on the show by the way next week when he's in town for the IFA. All right. Um, and Joe said that he had a bigger, you may have seen it, had a bigger gas tank, you know, gas tank, I guess. Yeah, fuel tank put fuel in. Fuel tank put in uh, because he said they run, they'll run 90 miles one way. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's crazy. pretty good pop there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, and I, I thought it was a long way from the conch house to Fernandina, you yeah. know? I mean, well, you think, think about that. You 90 think miles is what? 90 miles a long shot. That's from here, Daytona, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah Daytona's about 80. 70-something, okay, yeah. 80 miles. It's a long way to go. In a boat, it's a long way to go. Um, it's but, a, but they do that over there in the IFA, like you're talking about over in Louisiana. Yeah, they run it like it's nothing. And, you know, it just, right. and to me, I just it seemed like to me that the fishing, why do you have to go that far, I guess, to find, I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer. I've never done it, so I guess I can't compliment. We get somebody on here that can tell us that reason why. Yeah, I mean, I guess if, if those are your home waters, maybe, right? I mean, that would be the only way I could see it. You know, if your home waters were 100, 100 miles away or 90 miles away, I mean, think about it here. If we have a tournament uh, in Palm Valley, okay, the guys that fish Palm Valley every day, I mean, we're an hour from 45 yeah, you minutes, and I okay? back here, yeah. So, yeah, we run back here, Yeah. right? Um, if our home waters were, say, Brunswick, and we knew that we can make that run to Brunswick, from Palm Valley, because right. we knew we had some mm-hmm. fish patterned up up there. You know, we had them you know, ready some to go. Studs, yeah. We're going to make that shot, right? And that's maybe that's the thought process. I, I guess. I mean, that's that, where you well, need to It's got to be. I mean, I've always heard guys tell me that they'd rather run for three hours uh, and, and fish mm-hmm. for two solid hours of just stud fish than run back three hours as opposed to right. run, run in 30 minutes and have six hours of suck fishing. Well, I've heard that, and we had some guys on our show that, that, told, that, us. that told us that. And not to not to uh, disparage anything they said at all, but I don't agree with it. I just don't, and it's it's our show, and I can disagree with anybody anybody <laughs> I want to. Right. And um, what's well, a confidence thing when it boils down to you know? Listen, you and I have caught stud fish uh, right here, and we've caught some line painters that are big, huge fish. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the largest redfish we've seen weighed in uh, came yeah, from right call. here. Yeah. One we caught. Yeah. Now there's some guys that we know. Uh, that are posting some fish out, and allegedly they're, you know, eight and a half, nine pound, 20, 27-inch redfish. Where was that? I ain't seen them. I only saw the photos of them, but really? I didn't see it on a scale. It was on Facebook or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's on social media. I, didn't, I must have missed that. Was yeah. it here locally? <clears throat> yeah, it's here locally. So there's big fish here if you know where to catch them. However, if you live an hour away, that's where you fit. You know, a lot of guys, you know, the whole – pre-fishing or, or tour fishing where you know guy you know my father-in-law was a, a bass guy a freshwater guy for 35 40 years whatever he was and he never fished locally right every weekend when he was fishing he would go to the toho chain you know he would go somewhere else uh and that would where he would do his weekend fishing because there wasn't no tournaments here locally 
right? The the Mercury Trail or whatever he was on, the Yamaha Trail or the BASS thing, they didn't come through Yulee, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Not so, many do, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, so that's what he would do, and and so maybe it's a little, maybe it's different. I don't know. You know, I mean, how many weekends do we take off and go to Clearwater? Or, well, yeah, I, I guess it is a confidence thing. I mean, yeah. I guess what it boils down to is confidence. You know, and and I guess if you are within within running distance uh, to fish where you're comfortable and you know where good fish are at, then you really have nothing to lose, in my opinion, uh, by, by running that far. With that being said... It's a gamble. It's a gamble, and, you know... Um, I'd rather have a line in the water. Yeah, I'd rather have a line in the... You know, you give... Uh, see, to I, me... See, I, I just... I, you know, now that I think about it, you know... I, if like, you're fishing, let's say you're we had yourself a, a chance. But let's say we had a tournament. Yeah, but not necessarily if you're not on fish, though. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, I think, you know, if we're fishing out of St. Augustine, let's say we have a tournament this weekend in St. Augustine. Uh, I'm running back to Jacksonville. Right. I mean, you saw the ones I caught yeah. two weeks ago. And, I mean, you know, I'm, my butt's coming back here because can I catch fish down there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but, that's yeah. a big but, I know that there's those fish where I've been on them at, and I know that I can get them to eat artificials, and I know that they're tournament-winning kind of fish. Right. I'm not going to take that chance down there on just, Right. I, I hope, you know what I mean? Right. So from that aspect, now, if I'm not on fish up here, let's say, yeah, then, then hell, I ain't. I'm not, I'm, not bringing, right. I'm not bringing it back no hour and a half or whatever it is. Right. No, heck no. Well, that's what we're saying about the home water. This is yeah. your home water, yeah, so this exactly. is where you're at. So, But, you know, maybe like my father-in-law, he would – you know, he didn't have a home water, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he would go. You know, he knew that, you know, they give you the schedule. You know where you're you're going to be fishing. You know, so if you can do it, he could do it. You know, he had his own he had his own business and whatever. So he was afforded the luxury of being able to go down there uh, five or six times a year and fish and try to, you know, for a week each time and try to pattern his fish. I don't have that luxury. Right. Right. So, um, and I don't know very many guys that do. Right. I mean, there's a few, mm-hmm. but there's not very many. No, it's it's tough when you don't, especially when you don't live somewhere. I mean, uh, you know, it's, I mean, even like coming up, we have a tournament over in uh, Steenhatchie. I mean, I've been over there several times now, and that's not the easiest, I mean, it's not the easiest place to fish. I mean, you know, I've caught fish over there every time and had weighable fish, you know, two times I didn't weigh in. One time I had a, I got, was late getting back, uh, miscommunication on the weigh-in times. Um, the other time we just weren't going to stand around and weigh eight pounds, you know. Right. But uh, it, it's still, you know, to me it's a tough place to fish, you know, whereas I, like those guys that launch out of there, yeah. man, they run all the way back to Cedar Keys. Right. They run all the way back the opposite direction, uh, yeah. St. Mark's in that area, you know, so um, to Crystal River, to Homosassas. Yeah. It's pretty pretty good haul that way. But, yeah. But they they do it because they know where fish are at up there, you know what I mean? Well, from what Yankee, I've, Yankee Town and yeah, those places. What I, from what I've seen in Louisiana, um, you know, not just on social media, but from what I've seen personally over there, there's no need to run anywhere else. Those guys catch a lot of fish, and it seems like they're catching them right there in their back door. But some guys make that run. Understand. You're exactly yeah. right. That's what I understand, bud. I mean, because you talk to everybody, everybody and anybody I've ever talked to about that area over there, uh, oh, you can catch them on this, you can catch them on that, no, no, no. Well, then, and, I, and then they'll turn right around and say, well, yeah, we're running, you know, 80 miles back to because – and my first question is, well, why are you having to do that for, you know? Right. But Everybody else is killing it right here. But, but they all do it, though. You know, yeah. And, and I think it's where a lot of them are, have the most uh, experience, from what I understand. Yeah, of uh, course. You know, like like it's going to be in uh, 
They're giving what, themselves the home, home team, home team like, advantage. Like it's going to be at home of this year, but a lot of them going to run back to Delacroix or whatever right. it is. There's going to be in Venice and they're running back to Port because, Arthur, whatever. Because they fish those areas the most, and so they That's know right. where to go. And I understand that part of it. But, yeah. But still, I, though, with the, you know, long ways to run, uh, a, lot of gas, a lot of burning gas. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know? So uh, kind of in the same in the same thing, you know, I noticed that, uh, you know, we were sitting here talking before we got started today, and you showed me your brand-new fly rod. And um, <laughs> yes, yes. I know uh, – for a long time, you said you weren't going to get involved in it and uh, fairy wanding and, and yeah, all this yeah. stuff. And I uh, say fairy wanding, really? Yeah, I think so. We've wow. said that. That's not like something I would say. So, me? <laughs> so I guess you, you were telling me a story that you were fishing with a gentleman uh, maybe just yesterday or the day before, and uh, you guys could see some fish, and, and you're throwing your, you know, your fly rod at them, and uh, you had this thought, man, if I could just pick that spinning rig up, I could catch those fish. Absolutely. So that is the same mindset these guys have when they run 90 miles or 100 miles. They know. They're comfortable, right? right. So that's what, yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. yeah. So it anyway. I mean, that that, uh, that confidence thing, you know. I mean, it's a, yeah, you know, confidence that's what it thing. is. But, uh, yes, I did. Uh, obviously, I know you're a big fly fisherman, and uh, I have several, you know, other friends. Well, not a bunch of other friends, but uh, I do have other friends that fly fish, you know, and uh, – you know, in our business, uh, I, do, I do get calls uh, probably a lot more now than I, you know, I guess I've ever paid attention to. Uh, and, you know, normally here, the, it's always so windy. So uh, not, normally the wind itself kind of dispels any notion of wanting to fly fish because right. it was blowing 10 to 20 this time of year all the time. And uh, But I just happened to be out on the boat a few weeks back and pick one up and Looked like a total jackass trying to mess with it at first. <laughs> I well, like I had, I was like, I said, I was having a seizure and uh, <laughs> yeah. welcome to the club. And everybody uh, looks that way. And so I went over to uh, after that. I actually had fun doing it. What it was, and uh, just decided to go to a store here in town and met with the gentleman that owns it and got a few uh, lessons from him and went out and uh, it's it's definitely challenging. It's uh, it, it's tough. It's uh, it's just a whole different world than what we're used to or what I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing about about it is the same that you can relate to. Right. I mean, it's from A to Z. There's not one thing that you can go, like coming from the bass world or red fishing, you still have to cast. You, you move your lures the same way and to a certain extent. You know, flopping over to the, the fly side of it, uh, there's not one single thing that I can – if like in my mind that I can relate to that's remotely the same. Well, the the frustration of uh, fishing. Well, that, that's <laughs> well, same. yeah, that's the same. <laughs> but yeah. no, you're absolutely right in the fact that, and we were discussing this is that, you know, when you're bait fishing, you know, you got mud minnows or shrimp or whatever you got, and and you're fishing with it, you, you catch fish. So when you go from bait fishing to artificials, and you make the decision. I'm not going to bait fish uh, any longer or this time or next trip. And you go artificials and everybody, what'd you catch? That uh, was tough bite. Well, it's different because you no longer got live bait. So now you're in artificials. When you have a fly rod, well, now you have a whole nother set of circumstances, right? Your casting distances. The flies don't always look like, uh, like bait. Now, artificial, the artificial game has stepped up. There's some artificial lures out there now that look a lot like bait fish. And uh, there's a little bit more technique to it, and there's a little more time into it, and it's there's a uh, lot more technique to it. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, but it's not even really the same. It's very rewarding. I, I promise you, I, I can take a client out that's never fished, ever fished, 
and put him on fish and and pick up and pick up a rod, spin a rod. In about twenty minutes, having him be able to get the the general premise of how to cast it, retrieve it, reel it in, set the hook. Uh, you're definitely not going to do that with a fly rod. I promise you yeah. that. Yeah, I've only had one guy that I couldn't teach to throw a spinning rig, and I think there's some guys we had from England yeah, that oh, time, yeah, and yeah. that guy beat and damn holding the side of my boat. <laughs> well, you'll be, what do you expect? <laughs> no comment. No comment. Right, right. But no, it's it's. Uh, I, mean, I kind of got the hang of it, as you saw. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's just, and I'm not even proficient with it. Uh, I mean, I just want to get proficient with it. You know, I don't want to, I don't claim to be a expert fly fisherman. I probably will never be an expert fly fisherman, but I want to be proficient enough. So if <clears throat> people want to uh, come out and go fly fishing, that I can offer, you know, that, that, that trip, you know, if the weather allows. And, and uh, when I have some free time on the boat uh, to break it out myself, you know, and play around with it, then I want to be able to do that and sure. know what I'm doing. And But it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, it's challenging. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a... Uh, another way to do it it's challenging and buddy i mean it's uh, <laughs> i think it'll step up i think it'll step up your your i think for me personally i don't want to say what i think it'll do for you for me when i went to fly fishing and i focused on it it stepped up my artificial game um just patience and presentation and trying to think more like a fish right trying to figure out all right why are they here what because you don't understand you know when you're throwing spinning rod you throw one time you retrieve one time yeah, but see, you got to remember, too, with me and you, we, we fish a lot the same, but a lot different, too, because, I mean, I've always, A, I've came from the best side, so I've always pretty much thrown artificials. Yeah. I have more confidence throwing artificials than I do bait because yeah. I can throw it where I want to, and I know a lot of times if I can throw it where I want to right. and hit that spot, just from fishing long enough, you can kind of pick out the areas that look like that look fishy. That look fishy. Exactly. Right. And so, uh, now, can you blind cast a mud minnow out there and catch it? Sure. But, uh you know, so and also, you know, I've always fished like to fish the skinnier water, you know. Right. And so, like you like you said, now you're starting to kind of do a lot more of. And so, <clears throat> even with all that, <laughs> yeah. Let me just tell you, even with all that, I can see them with tailing, or I can see them pushing. Yesterday, uh, it was still a whole different world it's in still different. Yeah, yeah, night and day. I mean, yeah. just. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't figure. I don't know why. Yeah. But it's uh, it is. Well, it's a challenge, that's for sure. And and you know, the wind. You talked about the wind being a limiter for fly fishing, and I've always thought it that. Was. And I've even turned uh, some charters away, and uh, you know, I told guys, "Hey, it's just windy." And I, I heard, "Well, you know, we're from up here, over there, somewhere where it's a lot more windy." And um, I learned recently that a, a guy that can really throw a fly rod, uh, the wind's not a limiter for him. They can get around it, they can get under it, they can get they can I watched that happen backhand cast. There's yeah. a lot of ways. That you can fish around it, so you know. I think too, the rods are the rod I'm throwing is is, is two foot longer than what I'm used to. Right. I yeah. mean, think about that, dude. I mean, I got the seven seven two. Yeah. Well, and this, this thing's nine freaking feet. I'm used to having uh, a rod longer than what most people are used to. Oh, stop it. But that's uh. Oh, I've been fly fishing a lot longer. Oh, okay. Long, okay. Make sure, I, thought, <laughs> anyway. I thought that's what you were talking. Yeah, about. that's what I was talking about. But no, it's just the whole presentation thing of it. Um, you know, like you and I talked about earlier too, and I, and I like to have other people's takes on it, you know, and that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, when you get in real in real skinny water, and the fish, you can see them; they can see you, obviously. And you know, you're throwing that fly line. Everybody, the guys have always said, uh, well, it's, it's the presentation's light; it lands light, so it gives you more than one opportunity, or whatever. But I mean, I experienced it yesterday when you you're out there and you're throwing that, you're, you're making the motion, you're casting motion. It's no different when you're trying to whip a, whip a rod, except with a, with a rod and reel now, 
I can make it just a wrist, a flip a wrist, you know, just like that. Right. And so I don't know how, maybe, I just don't know how that is any less, um, any more, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, any less inconspicuous than as you, and then it, yeah, I get the fly lands in the water light. Yeah, I right. get that. But I mean, when you're doing all this right here, trying to get it there. Well, you, you're what you're doing is you're showing forward cast and back cast, right? Right, correct. So if you're if you're the kind of guy that when you're fly casting and you're making a lot of forward cast and back cast before your presentation, right? Uh, yeah, you're putting yourself at risk to scaring fish and all that. So the idea is to try to figure out how to make. One time out, one time back, right? So really no different than what you're doing with a spinning rod. Um, it's, but it takes, you're not going to do it your first day, right? Oh, yeah. uh, you you got to have everything together and there's certain techniques that you can use to get that done. But think about a forward cast and a back cast, right? You get just like what we were doing earlier mm-hmm. uh, before we started here. Right. Just to throw, you know, one forward cast or one presentation, you may go forward and back eight or nine times, Right, and those are cast. Those are false cast, but they're still cast, right? Before your presentation. So if you did eight of those for every presentation, you're doing you're going through the motion of making a cast. You know, eight times more than you would with a spinning rod. Right. Right. Another reason why you don't really blind cast with the fly rod. Right. You wear yourself out. You but how nuts. do you get the line out already? I guess that's yeah, that's what I'm still learning. I guess that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. I I don't know how to generate enough. Uh, you know, line in order to get it to shoot, you know, where I need to go 25 feet right. without, you know, you know, getting it back forth, you know, generating the momentum in order for it to get way out there. Right. Well, and that's the, you know that, what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, okay. yeah. And that's okay. the whole trick behind the, you know, that's the whole man behind the curtain thing. Yeah, it's right. Little... It's, uh, you know, the, and I'm not saying that you don't, I'm not saying that you can eliminate false cast because you mm-hmm. cannot, mm-hmm. right? You can minimize them in certain situations, right? Uh, if you got tides right, wind right, or I say currents right and winds right, uh, you can do it. One of those things go against you, you can't do it any longer. Boat turns a little bit, you can't do it any longer. So there are some limiters to it. That's that to me is what makes the to me fly fishing is it's the ultimate, you know, yeah. hunt for well, a fish. One thing I noticed yesterday also, if you're gonna fly fish, at least what I've seen, you know, yesterday. And that's what I can speak of because I've only been, you know, a couple of times. Uh, you're only going to get that 30 minutes before low tide. And then you're going to get the low tide. And then maybe that 45 minutes of the incoming tide. Right. And then really, that's all you're going to get to fly fish. Yeah. Unless you're fishing, I guess, up in the grass or something yeah. maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, we had that discussion a lot yesterday because just just the time that you can see them, right. the water gets low enough. The current slows down enough that you can act, that you can actually you know work your fly and that kind of stuff. It's really a pretty small window, and that's even talking to the man yesterday. Oh yeah, and uh, when he's you know because we actually started about an hour and a half before low tide, and that's what I said to you. I mean they, they would throw the damn thing out there, and they're stripping it, and the, and the freaking thing's way down here, right. and like they're stripping up here. So I'm like you know you realize your bait's back here, you know. I'm like <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. Like, like how in the heck do you think you're gonna catch? I mean I just don't. It's complete. The concept of it just, you know, just was. Yeah. Now we'll fish when I take when I go out with my with my kids. We'll fish obviously any tide, any wind doesn't matter because we're we're limited sometimes on when we can go and and how often. So we're gonna fish. So we find try to find a creative way. Uh, the way that you and I fish 
uh, artificials with jig heads is a little different than most people. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to mirror that with the fly rod, right? I've, I've tried to you know, cast right into the structure. You know, I'll, I'll throw, you know, I tie everything I tie. I try to tie weedless if I can. Some things don't work weedless and, and some do. And uh, most of my flies, I try to tie weedless. And if you can get it in the right spot, you can throw it right into the oysters, right into the structure and work it through there just like we do mm-hmm. uh, an artificial with a jig head. Uh, you lose some, of course, right? Because uh, you got a floating line, which plays a part in it. And um, But, you know, to me, anyone that says, oh, you have to do it this way, you have to fly fish like this, and, you know, yeah, whatever. He, he said yesterday, there is whatever. no way. It's just There's how you no. get it done. <laughs> how you get it done. That's yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's the same mentality the you and I had with artificials. Right. There's no right way. The right way is to catch fish. That's right. Put them yeah. in a box, yeah. Yeah, and I had uh, I had wrote a thing um, for a publication. And I said, look, the art of the, the, uh, the whole art behind making a fly cast, is, it's not a thing of beauty. The idea is to catch a fish, mm-hmm. right? It is. <laughs> but sure. now I've got some feedback on that. I had guys tell me, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not a purist. What okay. does that even mean? That means that they watched a river runs through it with Brad Pitt, and they saw him out there, right? And they think that's what every fly cast should look like. My one of my first, I mean, I was so. Is, you're telling me is, is there an actually a right way that you should look? You know, I, I get it. You got to go out there. See, I'm, I'm yeah, fixing, I'm fixing to get off on the wrong thing. Yeah, <laughs> let me you, back. Up. You're supposed to wear a thousand dollars worth of clothes. <laughs> I was going to say you're supposed to show up in your Sims gear, you know, and uh, yeah, all your and, fancy and, gear, you know, your fancy gear, your little hip pocket thing on, you know, fancy and, hat, your only thing right there, and uh, yeah, I, I sat there, what, that right there. Just I mean, for somebody to even insinuate that, I just yeah, that blows me away. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you know, I, I gave him his due, and and I respected his opinion, disagreed with him, but you know, I expect I respected him. Um, you know, I was. You know, growing up as a kid here in Northeast Florida, I'd fish my grandpa. We'd go cane pole fishing, right? So there's a semblance of fly fishing there a little bit if you've ever tried to cast a cane pole, right? Yeah. Um, so I got my... So you kind of like, yeah, let it... Yeah, yeah. kind of. Kind of not really. Yeah, yeah. not really. Not, uh, so I, I, I guess I can still, yeah. I got my first real fly rod when I was probably 10 I or I should 11. get a cork and put it on my fly rod. Yeah, well... <laughs> Here, the, I know some of them do it. I've seen them do it on the streams out there, you it's know. called, uh, they don't, the fly fishing world calls cork float. Floaters, they call them strike indicators. Strike indicators, that's right. right. It's no longer a bobber or a float. Yeah, I, I stand corrected. Strike indicator. With their golf clap, with a fly clap. Yeah, leader, it's called tippet. Tippet, yeah. Right. right. You just get me in trouble. Listen, by the way, folks, this is a you just got started. Things, things time, Neely, uh, You're about to get blackballed. No, so I, no. you know, we went to North Carolina about ten years ago. My my sons and we went fly fishing, mm-hmm. and uh, it was my first time really doing like really fly fishing. Okay, we got the boots and the waders, and we had all the gear. Right, that listen, you go up there when it's nice and cold. You're not going to make it a day in the water without waders. I promise oh, you. Oh, yeah. It's freezing. The water's already 65 degrees. And, you know, it's running 100 mile an hour. So we get there and we meet our guide and we he takes us off to the river. And I'm expecting to see this, a river runs through it cast. I really am because I don't really know what to expect. And um, beautiful river, about maybe a foot and a half, two foot deep and maybe uh, 50 yards wide, its widest point. And he walks us out in the middle of it, and he says, all right, here's all I want you to do. Strip out some line and let your fly run away from you. So we stripped out 25 or 30 maybe yards, I don't know. 
and kind of let it go downstream. He said, now all I want you to do is pick it up like this and just kind of we pulled the rod up and away from us to behind and then kind of made like a sweeping motion to make you know, it was kind of like a roll cast type mm-hmm. semblance of a roll cast. He said, that's it. I said, that's it? He goes, that's it. All day, every day, that's your cast. Don't do anything else. He said, all this BS you see on TV, it's just going to wear your shoulder out, right? That's freshwater stream fishing. But how do you get line out, though? So it's, well, you, you, just, you, you let, let, it, let it run out in the current. You pull it back, and, right? No you, you strip it. You know, you strip it back in, and then you do the same thing and you, let okay. it run down. Hmm. Salt water is different, right? Because you're in a boat. You know, the water is moving. moving. Sometimes moving. But it's a little different in a boat. Sometimes you've got to false cast to get it where it wants to be, right? But you got to try to do that without scaring everything in the river. Another thing I learned, I've learned the last couple of times, uh, and of course you can probably attest to this, is uh, line management. Line management is a pain. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I get caught on when I'm out there regular fishing. Yeah, it wasn't. with me. It wasn't that windy yesterday. No, and I had it tangled around my feet, around my head, around my legs. Yeah. Got caught on my zipper, believe it or not. Yeah. I looked at him, I said, uh, Black Fly needs to make some pants <laughs> that are like all Velcro <laughs> and bubble gum material because I need something that it bounces off of. Right. Uh, got caught on a trolling motor, which I know most cases you're not supposed to have a trolling motor. But, uh, you know, got caught on that, got caught on the fly deck, I mean, on the uh, casting deck, got caught on my shoe, caught around my ankle, yeah. uh, caught on the lid. When I tell you my zipper, literally got caught on my zipper. Yeah. On the side of my pants right here, little mm-hmm. zipper. Caught on that. The gas cap. Everything. Uh, yeah. If, Every, if, it was, if it was available to get caught on, I said, it, yeah, this is crazy. That's what happens. Yeah. And it's... It's that humility part, right? Cause it, it's, it's very humbling. Oh, I said that a hundred times yesterday. The harder, the harder you try to throw a fly line, <clears throat> the worse it's going to get for you, mm-hmm. right? So you get frustrated. You know, you get frustrated at the one spinning tackle. Oh yeah, you can sling it right, right. Just throw it. Do it with fly rods. It's going to be more frustrating, more yeah, frustrating. It so is. It's a, it's a very humbling thing to do. I'm glad to see that. You've made it over I'm to the dark to, side. Know, I'm trying to develop more patience in my, in my, you know, as I get older and, uh, you know, it's 2019 now. And so I'm trying to uh, relax a little more, you know, and have a little zen moments, you know, and those kind of things. But uh, A little zen fishing. They didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, actually, because, I'm, because I, have to, I have enough G2 between my ears and rods, you know what, okay, this is your first time ever. There's no need to get frustrated because you don't know what the heck you're doing. Right. And so only a fool would get frustrated. And so I kept saying that to myself. And so I didn't. One time I would get frustrated though was when I would get tangled up in it. Yeah. And 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 that to me because it was just because when I was trying to, you know, I had it, it had it out or whatever, and it was, but it, it would tangle up and around my feet, and then sometimes it blow off the deck behind me right. to the floor, and and it's like it just wouldn't stay in like a nice neat little pile like I, it's my mind I thought it should. Yeah. And you know they make all kinds of gadgets to try to help that line maintenance. You know, like little buckets, buckets, and, stuff. and things you can put on your deck, and these little spikes, and you can make all this stuff. I saw those spikes. Did you see those spikes in that one boat? Yeah. What's the deal with that? Yeah, well, that's for line management. So your line stays on the boat. Um, yeah, what happens if you fall on that thing? It'll kill you. I think they're rubber. Oh. Yeah, they're like yeah, a I, soft I didn't, rubber. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they looked like a pirate ship. Yeah, that thing was crazy yeah. looking. Yeah. Now, there's some techniques you and I discussed. You know, you can try to help some of that, you know, a little more advanced technique where you can try to palm, I guess, your slack, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Uh I, I fish with guys that do it very well. I'm not that great at it. I can do it, but you know I'm not that good at it. But hey, glad to see you picked one up and I appreciate come it. Come to this side of the 
It's a little dark Fish side. Yeah. It's a little dark side, you know. I thought I was, you know, uh, <laughs> funny joke yesterday. Uh, how'd it go? He said, uh, I, you know, I'll tell you off there. Better yet. It, was, right. it, was, it was somebody said, uh, yeah, uh, I see your fly fishing now. I see your fly fishing now. And he said, yeah, he goes, so it's going to be okay if, uh, when you get home, we take it that day now. <laughs> but there was a little more to it. But it was, I mean, me and Vaughn about fell off the boat laughing when Zach, uh, Zach told it. I mean, it was just, and it just came out of the blue, you know, we're out there fly fishing, all I can think of, you know, that's just what, you know, but yeah, I, I know one thing. Yeah, I never knocked it before. I just never had any interest to do it. You know, I didn't kind of understand it. And, um, you know, so therefore it just didn't appeal to me, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, it take your fishing game to a whole new level. I do believe that. <clears throat> it, it's going to be a challenge, that's for sure. Yeah. And, but, you know, I look at it too. Also, anything that can make you a more, well, more well-rounded angler. Yeah. Like this year I've even gone offshore, you know, like I said, I went Kobe fishing, did some off- offshore fishing, you know, just to kind of, you know, get your whole entire game. Uh, you know, you, you can always learn stuff. Sure you, know? you can. No matter how old you get, you can learn stuff. And, uh, anything you can do to make yourself a better angler, better person, then uh, I'm all for it, you know. Yeah, so. you got to do it. Go out there and grab you a fly rod. Uh, yeah, go try it, man. I, I got yeah. mine from the uh, the Black Fly, you know, go see uh, those guys over there. Uh, they'll take care of you. And, you know, Fly and Ty uh, actually makes flies. Uh, we've talked about that for uh, a while, and those things are crazy looking. <laughs> yeah, they're they're kind of weird looking, but well, I mean, yeah. they're just it's just different, man. It's yeah. like I said, it's whole, the whole thing's different, you know. But the whole thing is different. But it's fun though. I think you'll once you kind of uh, make sure you. I will tell you this: make sure you know when you if you're gonna start something like that, that you start off with the proper technique. Yeah. Don't develop any bad habits. In other words, right off the bat. That's right. And, and there's there's a YouTube world out there full of bad habits, and uh, you know it, it may be one of the, you know everybody you listen to maybe has a different way of doing it. What works for me may not work for you, but there are some fundamentals exactly that you need to get down before you go crazy. Right. Uh, you know, there's no shame in in hiring a, a coach for an hour or two just to get those basics down. I think it'd be better for you, like me. I mean, I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's humbling, like you said before, because you know, knowing how well you, you know, I think you well how well you can fish, but then when you have something that you're starting new, and you're standing there like your feet are in a box basically, and you're doing nothing but wagging your arm, you know, back and forth. Back and you're standing one way, and you're like supposed to be casting that that way, and you're like, "What the heck am I doing here?" Like, no, don't, don't look that way. Look this way, you know. And I'm right. like, "Okay, don't don't look up, you know." I'm like, "Okay," and get it down some parallel to horizon, you know. Yeah. Make sure you stop, stop, stop. Look, look back, you know. I'm like, yeah. you know, and uh, but it's but it is, it's, but it's good to you know basically get the right fundamentals off the bat, you know. So if you need to hire somebody or you know or you know, thankfully I have good friends like like you and and Yvonne that I can uh, have people to help me with those kind of things, which. You know, I look forward to it, man. We'll yeah. have to get out, definitely have to get out and go fly fishing one day. Whenever. Yeah, man. I'm going to get a lot better at it first if we <laughs> do anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah, we can get out there and do it for sure. But, uh, hey, this has been a good episode. Yeah. This is uh, Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast. 2019, Backwater Hustle's in the house. See ya. See ya. Hey, guys, you've been listening to the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Check us out on the web at backwaterhustle.wordpress.com or check us out on Facebook at Backwater Hustle The Fishing Podcast. You can reach us at bckwaterhustle at gmo.com and hit us up on Instagram at, at bckwaterhustle. This has been the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Out.
opinions stated on this show are not to be considered as endorsed by Backward Hustle, the official podcast. Visitors are urged to use their own discernment to draw their own conclusions. All information, products, services, and use of this podcast is for personal use only. Backward Hustle, the official podcast, does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of the information contained within this podcast. Any services or products provided by Backward Hustle, the official podcast, and its contributors should be used solely for entertainment and enjoyment. We emphasize the importance of keeping an open mind and not ensuring the data, products, and or topics as factual. Backward Hustle.